Our second scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning with verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. May God continue to bless our understanding of this ancient scripture. Will you pray with me? O gracious and loving God, may the meditations of all our hearts and minds and souls be pleasing unto you this day and forevermore. Amen. Too often, I believe that Lent gets a bad rap. For some of us, hearing the word Lent immediately causes us to think about having to give up something, something we really like if we want it to be meaningful, you know, like ice cream or new shoes. And while Lent can be about fasting, the focus of the fasting is to fast from that which separates us from God. But as you've probably heard me say before, Lent is also about practices that bring us closer to God. And whatever that is, that thing that brings us closer to God, that is a beautiful thing. Which is why I love the season of Lent. Lent is this wondrous interlude when we are reminded to return to God, when we are invited to wander with Jesus in the wilderness to once again discover what is truly and deeply important, to discover what might be keeping us from feeling closer to God. It's a time of renewal. It's a time to listen with new ears to old scripture, to hear God calling us to return home. It's this glorious opportunity for transformation. But of course, renewal and transformation can be really hard. In this passage from the Gospel of John, we hear Jesus foretelling the transformation that he is about to go through. He foretells his death. And while he quickly reminds the crowd that this is the very reason he has come to this hour, and then assures them that when he is lifted from this earth, he will draw all people to him, but he seems to hesitate just for a moment. Did you hear what he began with? I imagine him almost whispering this to himself as he gains his strength to face his death. He begins by saying, now my soul is troubled. In the midst of this divine proclamation of his coming crucifixion and resurrection, he reveals his own vulnerable humanity. I am about to do this difficult thing, and my soul 
is troubled. And God speaks, reminding Jesus and the crowd that even though Jesus will do this difficult thing, God will be glorified. On the other side of the wilderness, there will be this glorious day. On the other side of transformation will be liberating renewal. Well, during our Lenten journey, what if we began by admitting our souls are troubled? What if we searched our hearts for what is causing discomfort? And as we do, remember the words of the prophet Jeremiah that Jean read for us this morning. God wrote a new covenant a covenant that proclaims that we are God's people. And lest we forget, God writes this new covenant on our hearts. From the least of these to the greatest, we are God's people. And if you have any doubt, search your heart. As we move through this time of searching and longing to move closer to God, we can begin by trusting that God is right there with us, beating in our chests filling our souls with every breath. It's a reminder that we can be reshaped and reformed from the inside out. We can let what is old fall away for something new to emerge. But letting go can be hard. It means something will change. Miss Hope taught us that very well this morning. Of course we know that change is inevitable though, it's just that sometimes it happens with us embracing it, and sometimes it happens without us as we cling to old habits. Well, the pandemic has certainly been a change we didn't see coming, at least I didn't, and I don't know about you, but I went into it kicking and screaming. I clung to the notion that we'd be back worshiping maybe, you know what, in a few weeks, I clung to the desire that we would quickly be back to lots of family gatherings and evenings out with dear friends. And now, here, a year later, I still long to be worshiping with all of you in person and for gatherings with dear friends and family. But I believe for most of us, in spite of the many, many hardships this pandemic has caused, we also learned that slowing down can be a gift. It was a reformation of sorts when we were forced to re-examine our priorities. Well, Pastor Phyllis Tickle once suggested that every 500 years or so, the church goes through a giant rummage sale of sorts, a time of rapid reformation in which many cultural and religious practices gets, get reconsidered and tossed out. Perhaps this past year has been a contemporary reformation for our church, but for each of us individually as well. Imagine what historians will eventually write about this past year. What did we reform for the better, both personally and in the church? Well, the season of Lent is the perfect time to consider what our reformation will look like on the other side of the pandemic. But maybe we're also resistant to change because we're too hard on ourselves about not knowing, or excuse me, not doing it very well in the past. Perhaps we try to skip over the ideas of Lent being about self-reflection and deeper spiritual practices because we remember to Lent back to Lent's gone by. Maybe last year we signed up for a Lectio Divina group, but we got busy and stopped going by week three.
Maybe last year we promised God and ourselves that we'd keep a gratitude journal, and that only lasted a week. Well, our intentions are always sincere. Our follow-through, well, that can be a little harder. I was recently challenged myself by one of the dear women in the Thursday morning book group about what I had written in the Lenten devotional, our again and again devotional this year. I wrote about how wonderful it feels when I remember to surrender my fierce, stubborn free will and the fantasy that I am in control and instead let go, surrender to God. Well, the challenge was this. Meredith, if you know it feels so much better when you surrender to God's will, why is it so hard to remember to do that? Good question. Well, I'm embarrassed to say that my initial answer was simply, clearly, I am a slow learner. But it also reminded me of the story of the teenager asking her father, why do we have to go to church every Sunday? And the father replied, because we have short memories. But the reading from Jeremiah also reminded me that this new covenant that God writes on our hearts includes the stipulation that God will forgive our iniquity and remember our sins no more. We are forgiven again and again so that we are liberated to try again and again to practice what brings us closer to God. Lent is this wondrous time to search our souls for what might be separating us from God. And by God's grace, we might just discover the inscription on our hearts, an inscription and promise that may result in a more hopeful heart, a more tender heart, a renewed heart. Love can flow generously from our hearts, a heart that recognizes that God has written his very covenant there, a covenant that forgives all our iniquity and claims us as God's own. Thanks be to God for a love like that, and thanks be to God for a season dedicated to returning to the one who claims us as his very own. Amen.